Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Today is May 5th, and we're going to talk about Clostridium perfringens, which is the most common cause of myonecrosis. Myonecrosis is a deep skin infection that forms lots of pus, severe pain, and gross necrosis. The tissue destruction is extensive and progresses rapidly, which requires immediate surgery to try to remove the dead tissue, attempt to clean the causative agent from the wound, and prevent the organism from causing sepsis and death. Sometimes when myonecrosis occurs, it can form gas pockets, most often carbon dioxide, within the skin due to the anaerobic fermentation of some organisms like Clostridium perfringens. This gas formation causes a crackling sound on palpitation, which is called crepitus. Typically, a traumatic deep tissue wound allows the endospores to enter the deep muscle tissue, which provides an anaerobic environment. It takes about one to four days for the spores to germinate into vegetative cells and replicate enough to cause symptoms. There have been cases where a person's normal floral clostridium perfringens spreads through their blood and causes myonecrosis in their tissues. They call this spontaneous gas green green. Pretty wild. There are several virulence factors that help in the pathogenesis. Alpha toxin destroys the cell membranes of red blood cells and white blood cells. It also causes clotting, which occludes the blood vessels. Some think that the severe pain might be due to this ischemic injury. Theta toxin is responsible for the double zone of hemolysis on blood auger that is characteristic for this organism. This hemolysis is so extensive that it can cause profound drops in hemoglobin and hematocrit. Interestingly, this organism produces an enterotoxin that differs with different strains and increases intracellular calcium in enterocytes, causing fluid loss and diarrhea. This can cause clostridial food poisoning, which has a longer incubation period than other food poisonings, due to the fact that the spores have to change into the vegetative cells for this to begin. This is not caused by a preformed endotoxin because the toxin is heat labile, but the spores are very difficult to destroy. When a patient presents with what looks like myonecrosis, the patient should be immediately sent to the OR to have the dead and infected tissues removed to prevent the spread. They should also be placed on a broad spectrum regimen until cultures can identify the infecting organism. If clostridium perfringens is confirmed, then treatment can be switched to penicillin plus clindamycin. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards. A 63-year-old male presents to the hospital 16 hours after a motor vehicle collision. He experienced a large laceration in the lower left abdomen, which was delayed in getting adequate treatment due to the travel time to the hospital. Once he arrived, the wound was treated appropriately. Vital signs reveal a blood pressure of 100 over 72, a temperature of 100.5, and a heart rate of 90 beats per minute. Physical examination revealed a subcutaneous hemorrhage-like skin rash on his left abdomen that has grown rapidly over his left side. 
Laboratory results reveal metabolic acidosis, liver, and renal dysfunction. Emergency surgery was performed, and the patient was started on vancomycin empirically. Cultures and nucleic acid amplification testing reveal an infection with Clostridium perfringens. What is the most appropriate definitive therapy? Is it A, vancomycin plus gentamicin, B, ceftriaxone plus penicillin, C, erythromycin plus tetracycline, or D, penicillin plus clindamycin? First, diagnose the patient. The patient is presenting after a traumatic injury that was delayed in being adequately treated with a hemorrhagic skin rash that is rapidly progressing. This is highly suggestive of either necrotizing fasciitis or myonecrosis. It literally doesn't matter though because the treatment for both of these is immediate surgical debridement and empiric vancomycin until cultures can identify a better treatment course. Once you know the causative agent is clostridium perfringens, it's actually quite susceptible to antibiotics. So the treatment can be switched to penicillin plus clindamycin. Therefore, the correct answer is D, penicillin plus clindamycin. A 45-year-old male presents to the emergency department with pain and swelling of the right upper arm for the past 24 hours. His vital signs are a temperature of 102.4 Fahrenheit, a respiratory rate of 25, a heart rate of 120, and a blood pressure of 141 over 76. Past medical history reveals chronic use of non-sterile needles for intravenous drug use. Physical examination reveals an erythematous blistering area with clear borders in the arm. Palpitation of the area reveals faint sound of crackling. Culture reveals a gram-positive bacillus. What is the mechanism of the toxin that is most associated with this causative agent? Is it A, destroys the cholesterol of cell membranes triggering cell death, B, increasing intracellular calcium, C, destroys the phospholipids within cell membranes causing lysis, or D, bypasses the need for three signals for T-cell activation? First, diagnose the patient. The patient is presenting with a rapidly developing necrotic skin lesion that is highly suggestive for necrotizing fasciitis or myonecrosis. The presence of the faint crackling sounds indicate crepitus, which is highly suggestive of a case of gas gangrene. Gas gangrene presents with a rapidly developing necrotic skin infection. The wound or surrounding tissues has trapped gas in the tissues called crepitus. This is a surgical emergency and most often is caused by Clostridium perfringens. Clostridium perfringens has multiple important virulence factors, but the main one is alpha toxin. Choice A, Clostridium perfringens also has a theta toxin, which destroys the cholesterol in cell membranes, which kills cells. It's an important virulence factor, but isn't the one most associated with gas gangrene. Choice B, some strains of Clostridium perfringens have a gene called CPE, Clostridium perfringens enterotoxin, which encodes for an enterotoxin that increases the intracellular calcium levels inside enterocytes, which causes osmotic fluid loss and a mild watery diarrhea. Choice C, alpha toxin, is a phospholipase that destroys the cell membranes of red blood cells, white blood cells, and muscle cells, causing clotting and ischemia, which is associated with that ecchymosis, tissue necrosis, and severe pain associated with gas gangrene.
Choice D, while some strains of Clostridium perfringens can cause a state called Clostridial Toxic Shock Syndrome, this syndrome is not driven by a superantigen like in Toxic Shock Syndrome caused by Staphylococcus aureus. Clostridial Toxic Shock Syndrome is associated with the extensive tissue damage and fluid loss. Therefore, the correct answer is C destroys the phospholipids within the cell membrane causing lysis. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, and it would be a big help for us if you could submit a review. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow.